Hello, everyone, and welcome to another spooky edition of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Are you okay? Are you scared? I'm really scared. I was really scared um, when we heard news that there was going to be a Silent Hill event, because that sounds scary. And then I was even more scared when they announced it was going to premiere at 5 p.m. Eastern, because we usually start recording around then, and they said it was going to be 50 minutes long. And I said, well, gosh darn, that's a long time. And then um, Konami accidentally just put the video up of the whole thing. So we got to skip all the boring talking parts and all the merchandise. Um, so we watched it much quicker. Bless you. We watched it much quicker than intended. So shall we just jump right into the Silent Hill news that happened this week? Yeah, I think so. Sil- there was a Silent hole here. Hill- there was what? There's a hole here, and it's gone now. Like no. Silent Hill. T- that hole is not having Silent Hill news. Yeah, um, I I'm. A let's little, just get through it. A little Silent Hill. Yeah, let's just get for for real ones, you know. Yeah, I know. I get it. I just don't care about Silent <laughs> Hill that much. Like, it would have taken a lot to get me excited today, and they achieved some of it. First off, we're going to start with the last announcement because it's the one that I don't know how to talk about. Silent Hill F, letter F, lowercase, was announced. It is being developed by the same studio that made uh, Resident Evil Resistance, that little multiplayer game that got packaged in with RE3 Remake that many people have played. Um, It looks interesting. It looks like a more uh, mythical Japanese take on the Silent Hill series as implied by a lot of the visuals as well as the weird classical japanese sounding theme song at the end the the silent hill theme kelly could not watch the trailer because it made her ill i get very upset when i see lots of tiny little clusters of holes it's very common phobia i have a psychosomatic reaction to it I get a weird tingly feeling in the back right corner of my brain. Um, and it's like not good tingly. So I saw that and my heart plummeted. My eyes popped out of my head. Smoke came out of my ears. Um, and there was a variety of cartoon sound effects that were playing behind me. All this imagery sounds scarier than what we saw in this trailer. <laughs> except the holes. Except the lots of holes. Right. But... Um, not a lot to say on this one. Um, this was how they closed it, but we're starting with it because there's not a lot to say. And there's no release date, no platforms, no anything. Um, it's being produced by people with very strange names. It's like screen names, so I wonder, must be some sort of fan project. So we'll probably learn more about this as time goes on. This event just happened, so there might be some subtext that we don't really know yet. In fact, technically, at time of recording, it's still going put that in quotes because uh, they accidentally posted it and we're already done. Oh. Oh. Perhaps what is the biggest news out of this transmission, as Konami calls it, um, <laughs> was a Silent 2 remake. Um, Silent 2? Silent Hill 2. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Silent 2? Yeah. <laughs> the second Silent. <laughs> Things have never been quieter. Um, <laughs> The Silent Hill 2 remake was confirmed. Um, We got a quick little glimpse of it. 
and it is being created by Bloober Team, who, as we spoke about last week, created the medium, not control, <laughs> despite <laughs> my belief. Um, this is going to be coming straight to PlayStation 5 and PC. No word on Xbox yet. Well, no, the word is that it's not on Xbox. Right. Right. So, But maybe someday. I guess, tw- I would guess... 12 months after. I don't I don't know. I think it's interesting, but I when I think of Silent Hill, I do think of like PlayStation. Yeah. So. I think it's just funny specifically right now seeing like the legal battles between Sony and Xbox because of all the Activision acquisition stuff and seeing Sony flail be like you can't take away Call of Duty. We, what would we have? While like they're still actively promoting games that they're buying away from Xbox and I'm like You're doing the same thing. Yeah. So, but what do you think this game, how'd you think it looked, the remake? Um, I think it looked good. I think Silent Hill 2 is sort of the most, I don't think this is probably absolutely true, but it is the most beloved of the entire series. Um, So it is not altogether that surprising that they're remaking it. Uh, There was a remaster a few years ago that was really bad, but um, this is a remake, so obviously different. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think the making it more accessible without having to play that god-awful remaster uh, is great because more people will finally get to be like fans of Silent Hill rather than just like, wish I could play it, but I can't. And I don't (laughs) want to play Downpour or Homecoming or um, I don't even know what came after those two. I... So, okay. I thought it looked good. I'm not a big Bloober fan. I've played Layers of Fear. I've tried the medium. I'm not the biggest fan. Um but I'm I'm curious. I'll I'll be here to see what it's going to look like. Part of me wished it was a Silent Hill 1 remake cuz that game is even more unaccessible, not just like where you can buy it, but also like playing it. It's an old PlayStation one game and it shows this. I feel like silent Hill two, if they had plopped a port over on PlayStation network, that would have been really good too. And then maybe wait till later to remake it. But Hey, what do I know? Um, but I think it looked nice. like the graphics are pretty good. They're definitely not like top of the line, but they're still really good. Um, I just hope that it, it feels nice to play because that's kind of the thing is like silent. I don't think there's a single Silent Hill game that I've played where I'm like, this feels great to play. <laughs> it's more so you're overcoming it because you care about the and the atmosphere and the story so much. So I kind of hope this game feels great to play on top of the very good atmosphere. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Bluebird team is creating it because if you look at the if you look at the it's like a big circle. OK, Silent Hill to P.T. PT to Layers of Fear, which was obviously inspired by PT. Layers uh-huh. of Fear, Bloober Team, it's all connected. So they're finally getting their dream come true of creating a Silent Hill game. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it that way. That's a really good point. Um, Another game that we heard about, Silent Hill Townfall, not Downfall, <laughs> but Townfall, is uh, in the works at Annapurna. Annapurna, sorry, 
from developer No Code, who you might know from the game Observation that came out in the last couple of years. They did a little cinematic teaser, and that's it. Um, again, the similar to F, there was no window, no platforms, just Annapurna, which is like Annapurna is really good at making like really interesting products, and I like their games a lot. I mean, they're a publisher, not a developer, but I like what they invest in. So that was a very pleasant surprise. But then that we didn't see the game, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think this it took this this presentation took a lot of wind out of my sails when we didn't really see very much besides like names. Yeah, and I'm like I yeah I knew we knew. <laughs> yeah, they really should have just like, in my opinion. They really should have just released the trailer for that two remake and called it because we really didn't see any need to see anything else because there was really nothing else to see. No, and they also probably should have put that trailer in something else, like put that in like a showcase from PlayStation. That would be really cool. And also, it's surprising that it's not since it's exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, a big chunk of this presentation was dedicated to um, a new Silent Hill movie, <sighs> which right now they're calling Return to Silent Hill. I don't know if that's the end title. If it is, then I just not. I'm, sure, I'm just not sure about that. But um, it's going to be a, based on the second Silent Hill game, which is, you know, like we were talking about, the most beloved, the beloved child. And it will be directed by the original or the director of the original Silent Hill movie, which was a lot better received than the most recent Silent Hill movie. Um, so we didn't really see anything. There was no like trailer. There was, I mean, there was literally nothing. We just saw like art and some storyboard stuff. Um, Concept art is not nothing. It was, um, we could look at it. With our eyes, Kelly. Yeah. Don't be mean. Yeah. I mean, you could also play the game and, and see the same things and experience no. the same things. But um, that's okay. Uh, so no word on this. No word. Uh, any cast? I don't know. It's it, it's very clearly in the very, very early stages of pre-production. Or maybe just pre-production, not the early stages. I don't really know how long pre-production takes. But... um. Yeah, there was a good chunk of time dedicated to this return to Silent Hill, which I thought was interesting. A lot of time. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of time. It was just two dudes talking. It was the director, Christoph Gons, who directed the original, and then some producer. And they were just like, we're really excited about this movie. Like, cool. cool. Do you think, uh, do you think Sean Bean's going to come back, even though it's a different story? No, I don't think he is. Yeah, um, probably not. I think that they would have to pay him a lot of money. I think Sean Bean probably costs a lot more now than he did in like 2011 or whenever that was. That was 2006. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he definitely costs a lot more now. I mean, I guess Lord <laughs> of the Rings was a pretty big deal, but uh, Game of Thrones is um, probably a big Much deal. Bigger. So <laughs> yeah. he's probably pretty expensive now. 
Yeah, I will say, and I said this to you before we recorded, I think this is the first time we've ever heard of two remakes of a game being announced at the same time because they announced the remake game and then they're also remaking two as a movie. Yeah. That's never happened before, to my knowledge. Yeah. So what did you think of the, the Silent Hill transmission that we were so excited for? Um, I thought it was pretty unremarkable. Yeah. Um, like we've discussed, I really think that it would be better to have just like dropped the two remake trailer or teaser or whatever you want to call it during like a PlayStation Direct. What are they called? PlayStation State of Play. State of Play Direct. My brain doesn't <laughs> it's work. It's that the good. same thing. It's been a long day. But um and then just we didn't have to hear anything about the movie or anything about these other games. Um I don't know. I I I don't I would don't want to say it's disappointing cuz I wasn't really expecting that much. But um it certainly wasn't exciting. I'm How do I say that? I hate Konami so much that I, you know, couldn't be that excited even though I probably want to play the Silent Hill 2 remake. I'm not going to like give Konami my excitement. Also, I'm very relieved we didn't have to watch 49 minutes like live streamed because it was there was a lot of nothing in there. And also it's four things. Why is that? Why was it 49 minutes? That's ridiculous. Like Nintendo directs are like 25 minutes and they contain tons of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But if your whistle is not wetted and you want to wet the whistle, perhaps a better horror franchise. Uh, not, I shouldn't say better. A better managed horror franchise can do that for you because tomorrow at time of recording today at time of release. So realistically, statistically, this has already happened. There is going to be a Resident Evil showcase. It's happening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on October 20th. So that will be today again if you're listening to this right after it comes out make sure you're ready for that we're going to see some information on the resident evil 4 remake as well as some information on resident evil village presumably some information about that dlc i'm excited i think that we we need to see more of resident evil 4 remake it's about time it's coming out in march and we haven't really seen too much um i'm excited i think that's going to be better than what we just watched that's a guarantee so how are you feeling about this this resident evil showcase um i think it'll be exciting um i am excited to find out more about resident evil 4 remake um i don't know i kind of you don't sound excited i need you to be more excited i'm excited i feel like they're sort of beating the dead horse on village a little bit um I think maybe it's time to move on in the series, but. Are you not excited for uh, the Rose DLC? I mean, not really. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool concept, but it's kind of like we've spent a lot of time with Ethan and the Winters family, and I find them to be just like terribly boring. Um, Yeah. I think. I mean, I I like her better than him because at least we know her face pretty well. Yeah. I just, yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe it'll be, like, really good, and, I mean, who knows, but. Yeah, I guess next week 
Next week, we'll be able to tell you more about what we thought. Sorry. Took me a second. You're just really, you're really riding this this edge <laughs> of silence. Oh. You're really riding on the edge of silence. Okay, and I'm about to pay for it. <laughs> um, wow. A lot of pay. So the, uh, the DualSense Edge controller for the PlayStation 5 is set to launch in January of 2023. And it is just a measly price point. Just chump change of $200. Dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Really available for everybody. You've already spent like $500 on the console. What's 200 more? You know? What are you, a cheapskate? Give me your $200 remember, and I'll give you a controller. Remember when I said I thought it was going to be $200 and I really wish I was wrong? You know what's interesting to me is that uh. it's like they tout this the original PlayStation 5 controller they're like oh the haptic oh my god it's like so amazing when you pull the trigger you there's like resistance and they talk about all this stuff and it's like but wait we've got something even better i'm like what's better is it going to tickle what... my hands like what's better is it going <laughs> to like pet me saying. and tell me i'm a good person <laughs> like they the PlayStation 5 controller the dual sense in my humble opinion is the best video game controller made ever it's incredible. It is form factor perfect, and the technology inside it is incredible, satisfying, and really adds to the game, like to the games you're playing. Why do we need a two hundred dollar version of that? I can buy three PlayStation Five controllers for that price. Yeah. Or just zero. Why would I buy? I already have one. I have two. That's. It's just. I don't know. It's funny, but it's also absurd. Like, what are they doing? You know. Yeah. It. It's especially like all of the bad will that they've built up. Um, yeah. Over the past like two years, it's incredible that they think that they can get away with charging people two hundred dollars for a controller that is supposedly better than the best controller, the best controller ever, quote unquote. But um, it was the best controller ever. That's why I'm confused what they're doing to make it better. Like I know what they're doing to make it better. I'm looking at the advertisement, like the replaceable caps and this and that. But it's just, it was perfect. Just sell an addition for back buttons that you can attach to your current PS5 controller. That would be fine. I get the appeal of back buttons. But just add like an add-on like they did with the PS4. I don't know if I get the appeal of back buttons. I get why it's appealing to people, even though it's not appealing to me. I should say that. That's fair. Um, but let's just keep this absurdly expensive train rolling. Um, Kelly, you know the, the Quest... Yes. The VR headset. Yes. So, you know. Going on a Meta Questa. Yeah. Now it's called Meta Quest. It's not called uh, Oculus Quest. Forget that. Erase it from your memory like they'd like you to. Erased. Um, Already gone. What are we talking little about? Side, little side note. I was playing my, my Oculus Quest 2. I refuse to call it by its new name. <laughs> um, I sound like an, ang like an angry boomer talking about gender. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, I turned it on the other day, and first of all, when you turn it on, it doesn't show the Oculus logo anymore. It shows the Meta logo, which makes me mad. I'm like, there's an Oculus logo on the outside of my device. Stop lying. Yeah. I could see what you are. And then it, it turned the game off that I was playing, and it was like, uh, make your Horizon account. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Is that the thing that has 30 people on it? 
Yes. <laughs> um, and it would not let me hit anything but continue, no matter what I did. So I click continue, and then it took me to a $30 buy page. And I'm like, no. It forced me to look at the buy page. And I was like, just let me live. Let me play my Beat Saber. So, and then I could exit. But anyway, let's let's keep trashing on them. Meta has announced the MetaQuest Pro. Um, it is a new VR headset. It has uh, better outward-facing cameras. So it's kind of like the Quest 2 but with better cameras so that you can have more AR capabilities, you know, have little dudes running around your room. I saw a little bug guy crawling on somebody's desk in a demo video. Looked kind of cool. Um, well, I guess Kelly's excited now. I love uh, a little bug guy. Yeah. Um, and also you can make your Zoom meetings more exciting <laughs> because Zoom doesn't work, you know. Uh, the gaming capabilities will remain unchanged because there's no really more processing power in this device. The screens inside of it are very slightly higher resolution, um, and they are still not OLED. Uh, also, it does not come with light blockers, so to get light blockers, you have to you have to buy those, and those are fifty dollars, <laughs> and they're just two pieces of plastic, which is particularly egregious when you look at the overall price tag of fifteen hundred dollars. So if you want yourself a MetaQuest Pro, you better slap that 1500 square on the table. You better forego your rent this month. Uh, this month and next month. My goodness. So I'm... It's funny. I saw pictures first, and I was like, ooh, because it looks sleek. And then I saw the controllers, and it's like the same as the other controllers, but they got rid of the ring around it. Which I like the ring because I punch things less often by accident. And the ring punches them. Um, I also hate that there's still no hand tracking. Like, that, yeah, I get the appeal of using controllers, but like, I feel like hand tracking should be the base version. Like, if, they're spe if you're spending $1,500 and has an incredible outfacing cameras, why can it not do proper hand tracking? But, um, I don't know. I just hate that price tag. I cannot believe that. It is not more powerful, and it is three times the price. Yeah. Um, definitely a scam. $50 light blockers. They're pieces of plastic. Yeah, but they're $50 pieces of plastic. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize to our beloved sponsor because uh, this week is just full of garbage news, and I'm going to have to put you in the middle of it. But... Who cares? Because we're so happy because we have a very exciting word from our co-sponsor. This episode is, of course, sponsored by Sentry, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. Find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Sentry or go to their website, smacksentry.gg. That is S-M-A-K Sentry dot G-G to find more info about attending or viewing their content. Thanks, guys. Uh, I tried to put you before the least bad news, but that's... um. I tried. I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> um, thank you, as always, for celebrating with us. Much like Atlas celebrated its 25th anniversary, its per Persona's 25th anniversary, I should say, um... 
with the announcement of um, three and four coming to uh, platforms. Wow. Um, what an exciting end to the anniversary that was of the, announcing that release was dates the grand, for things that already have. That was the grand finale. Um, here's something really fun and exciting is that uh, this sucked. <laughs> uh, this was the worst grand finale I think I've ever witnessed. What, a tweet? Yeah, a tweet with a graphic that said, thanks, everybody. Um, it was in rainbow though, so it was there was a little bit of flavor to it, but I think the colors were more to represent the games than an actual rainbow. Now that I'm looking at them further, but that's more confusing because there's six colors. There's six games. No, there's not. Yeah, there's one, there's two, and two. <laughs> there's three, yeah, two... four, and five. Yeah, but this is the colors of one, two, three, four, five, and then white. Oh, I was looking at the little heart emojis, of which there's only five. Oh, I'm looking at the logo itself, which has six colors. Okay, okay. Hence why I'm angry. Well, white's not really a color. Well, yeah, but there's a six like bar. They knew what they were doing. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, look forward to the next phase of the Persona series. And I'm like, oh, why'd you tease me like this? I'd rather just wait like two years and hear nothing. Please don't tease me. Please don't tease me. Uh, we can't do this. That's a bit from a YouTuber, a game <laughs> grump that Kelly and I both watch. And we committed to that bit for like eight months of our friendship. And I think we texted it to each other like three times a day, every day for eight months. <laughs> it was great. Um, So uh, this next story, I'm going to get the microphone closer to myself so I can talk quieter because it's it's really particularly not fun for me to talk about. Why didn't I give this to you? I know why I didn't give it to you, because I'm the Bayonetta boy. Um, So Bayonetta 3 is coming out October 28th. You know, we were all real excited. This last Saturday, though, we uh, learned, we received a tweet from Helena Taylor, who you may know as the voice actress for Bayonetta in 1, 2, the anime and Smash Bros. Very iconic voice established her as Bayonetta in a lot of ways. She posted a series of videos to explain the reason she was not returning to Bayonetta 3 wasn't because of a scheduling conflict like Platinum said, but instead because they only offered her $4,000 to return to the role. Um, I think uh, if you took that at face value, everybody could agree that is unreasonable for the main character of a major video game to be paid that that small sum of money. Of course, Twitter erupted with a lot of support. Um, a lot of people went straight after director Hideki Kamiya to ask why. Um, of course, Hideki Kamiya is well known for blocking people on Twitter. His rule is if you tweet at him in English, he will block you. Um, and there were a lot of people tweeting at him in English, and he blocked a lot of people. Um, he was temporarily marked as a bot because he blocks so many people and then he deleted his twitter um and then he undeleted his twitter and then platinum did not give any official response besides hideki kamiya's vague tweet calling something sad deplorable and untrue which was clearly directed at helena taylor um jennifer hale the new voice actress has been getting a lot of harassment 
So she went ahead and put forward a statement to just be like she supports all voice actors right to go for whatever payment they think is fair and also that she thinks that the conditions should be better for voice actors. But she cannot say much more about the situation because of an NDA, which, of course, Helena Taylor openly broke, which, you know, we can support her in that. But earlier uh, yesterday, a report came out from Bloomberg. Jason Schreier, probably the most like esteemed and trusted video game journalist, came forward to say that uh, the offer wasn't actually $4,000. It was $4,000 per session. And, you know, that would equate to at least $15,000 when all is said and done. This is a very complicated situation because we don't exactly know who's telling the truth. Helena Taylor even responded to this article saying that it is untrue. Um, there may be some misunderstanding here. Helena Taylor made it might have been kind of exaggerating, and she was getting offered $4,000 a day, which would equate to fifteen grand at least. Um, this is not a game I expected to have a large sum of controversy around. Like, if you looked at the, the games I expected to have controversy around in 2022, it, Bayonetta 3 wasn't even close to on the list. So, uh, I personally am not sure who is, who is in the right. The thing for me that makes this weird is that if she was offered $15,000, I, I also think that's too low. So that's why I'm mostly confused if that was the truth, why she wouldn't have said that, because especially if she presented it that way, I think a lot of people would have been like, yeah, that's not enough for the the titular character of a major series to get paid. So um, I'm not going to tell you what to think. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I personally will still be buying the game because the Bayonetta series means a great deal to me. It means more to me than just the voice acting, even if I think she is a central part of the identity. I think Jennifer Hale is an incredible actor, and she will pick up... She will take those reins and run with them very well. Um, it's more just disappointing than anything, because I really wouldn't want this exciting game... I didn't want this exciting game to be steeped in unexpected controversy, and I... I think the only real positive here is there's there at least is a large-scale conversation happening around voice actor pay voice actor conditions the voice actor for Ravali even came forward from breath of the wild and said that he only got paid three thousand dollars for breath of the wild and like hearing numbers like that it really puts in perspective that these voice actors are not getting paid what they deserve you know they don't receive any residuals and they don't get paid a large sum of money for the very important work that they do so I apologize for taking so long to explain that situation. It is incredibly complicated. I encourage you to look into it more. The Bloomberg article, even if you don't know if you're 100% on board with it, has a lot of very important information. Um, if you're following Jason Schreier on Twitter, you'll, you'll get a pretty uh, clear picture of what's happening as this progresses. We haven't heard officially from the company, like I said, so this might be an open and shut story, and it's kind of for people to interpret now as they see appropriate. It's really difficult to say what to think, you know? If this makes you not want to buy the game anymore, I understand. But 
I don't know. How about you give your two cents, Kelly? Because I, I am that was a lot. Yeah. Well, I think you sort of talked about like regardless of what really happened in this situation, which um I'm inclined to believe that everybody sort of interpreted things differently because I feel like that could be the only explanation. Like you said, even if it was 15,000, that's still certainly not enough for a mm-hmm. job. Um, particularly since you are the main character and you've been there since the beginning. Um, there's this sort of like sense of betrayal, but um, I-, I think the really important takeaway and what you talked about was that it, it does sort of broaden the conversation as a lot of people, especially not in the industry, don't understand how like severely underpaid voice actors really are. Um, they don't mm-hmm. really have the same kinds of protections and the same kinds of um, advocacy that regular actors, not regular, that's not the word I meant to Traditional, Traditional yeah. actors or, you know, live actors in person actors um they don't have those is that the word you're going for what live action is that the word you're looking for i guess live action actors uh, you know what i mean um they just don't have (laughs) the same resources a lot of the times um and they're expected to do a lot with a little and i think that it's important to acknowledge that you know a good voice actor can really make or break a game um and i guess my biggest like the thing that i found quite upsetting was the um people saying like so so that's 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 a perfect for like a day's work it's like they just there's a lack of understanding um and i think that it is not a good thing but it is important that this is brought to light and it's important that people understand just how much work actually goes into you know crafting a voice for an iconic character like Bayonetta or any other character really if you want to bring that character into life the voice needs to have some element of of care um yeah and I think in order to have that element you just have to pay these people more honestly yeah Um, I think there's a lot of because when the 15,000 number got thrown around, which would be for like 15 hours of in-studio work, a lot of people are like, that's $1,000 an hour. That's like so much money. But like, one, consider that this person has to rehearse. They're, like, I'm sure Helena Taylor put would have put a lot of care into rehearsing and spent long hours just practicing what she was going to be doing in studio. Another thing, like, there's fees. She has to pay her agent. She has to pay the acting guild, she has to pay taxes, all this stuff. Um, Also, she would probably have to sacrifice a lot to do this, you know? $1,000 an hour would be a lot if you're working eight hours a day, five days a week. But that's not what's happening here. This is, you know, potentially a few months for her because she's giving up theater roles that she does more traditionally just to do this. Like, it's it's a lot. And I don't, Obviously, four thousand is a lot less than fifteen thousand, but like I said, fifteen thousand is still pretty bad for a role like this, you know. So, and also anybody, I'm sure I love our audience. I now know our audience quite well. I know that they're not among the people who would do harassment, you know. That, 
But the fact that anybody's going after Jennifer Hale, anybody's going after Helena Taylor, that's just pick your pick your enemies correctly. You know, the real problem here is like a high up executive, not the people working, not the people trying to bring this vision to fruition. So, right. Hopefully, I'm honestly hoping this is the last we hear of this story because I feel like it's it's there's a lot of toxicity around it. And I hope that the long-term outcome is a greater discussion of voice actor rights and voice actor treatment because that was definitely the best part of this whole discussion. Yeah. Um, following that thought... Um... Are you familiar with uh, G4 TV, Andrew? I am. Well, I was. <laughs> yes. I don't know the terminology there. Um, unfortunately, Comcast has, just as quickly as they had given G4 TV back, they snatched it away again. Um, the uh, self-described gamer-focused network no longer exists. Um, and... The thing that I was seeing a lot was that a lot of the people who worked there uh, did not find out until uh, G4 tweeted about it, mm -hmm. uh, which is absurd and hard to wrap your head around. Um, but yeah, Comcast said, uh, no, 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 um, no, no, no more. So That's sad. Yeah, they had like a... Um, G4 TV used to be like a TV channel that you could watch for those who are unfamiliar, for maybe the younger members of our audience who are unfamiliar. Um, <laughs> it, like a channel on TV. Um, and it would just be like game shows, talk shows. They would literally, it would just be about video games all day. Um, and then obviously as we've sort of reached the twilight of TV, and the age of streaming, G4 sort of phased out of existence because there was just no purpose for it anymore, especially when you had things like Twitch, um, which really dominated the market in terms of like, we're playing video games and we're talking about video games. Same with YouTube, obviously. Um, about like two years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2020. So two years ago. Um, they announced that G4 TV would be returning, but it would be like there was like a deal through Twitch. Um, so it was more of like an online platform. Um, and then obviously, as we have found out, uh, it just was not very successful and they are they have shut it down. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel I, the thing is, is I don't think the content was not that it wasn't needed because I, d I genuinely like a lot of the people that were involved in this. I think it was over ambitious, you know, most content created around the gaming space now is very singular. If that makes sense, like pe individuals are the content creators and that's because people grab a personality and they like that personality and they want to hear their opinion on like relevant subjects, trying to create a network that vaguely covers everything it's just not feasible in this 2022. Um, but I do think the nature of this shutdown is what's really disappointing. Like, again, I know like Gerard Khalil is like the biggest one, the biggest name involved. And he found out through, tw 
Twitter, like through the tweet of Wario64, a major like news and a news video game dude on Twitter. And I'm like, can you imagine? Like you're just scrolling Twitter and you just see like, you're fired and it's real. Like that's insane. I feel so terrible for him and everybody else who got blindsided by this. And I hope that all of them are able to kind of pivot into individual content creation and succeed. Yeah, I think the hard part for me is like the big personalities who were over at G4 TV are going to be fine because a lot of them had the audience and they had the the um, loyalty before that. Um, people maybe who weren't in the spotlight as much, it's, it's really unfortunate because it's like, you know, you can try and leverage like I was on you know the the re the revamped G4 TV for two years and then they shut us down. But hey, I'm creating content. It's like it just sucks, and it sucks the way yeah. they found out. A lot of them found out, and it just is another example of like the times they are changing. Yeah. Um. Well, let's change our our tune a little bit. We've had a lot of bad news this week. But something that's uh, mostly good, I'd say, is we found out, finally, the revenue numbers for Game Pass. In 2021, Game Pass brought in $3 billion. Um, I think we've talked a lot on this show, as well as just in our own time, about how could feasibly Game Pass make any money? Like, how is it profitable? It didn't make sense. But now we see the raw numbers because of the whole uh, Xbox acquisition lawsuits and such going on. And they just went ahead and said $3 billion for Game Pass. I'm excited about this because that means that this thing that I really like that's really good for me and other consumers is profitable and will probably stick around. Yeah. I That is just an absurd amount of money to me. I can't wrap my head around it, but it makes sense. If you're paying $10 a month... For a year and you add that to all the other people paying ten dollars a month for a year i guess 31 billion is pretty pretty 31 billion what did you say three. Oh, what did i say 31 i meant three yeah i saw 2021 and i got confused 2021 is also not 33 well i saw the one Oh, so you just added a one to the three. You guys are really going to have to give me some grace for these episodes, these October episodes. It's been a very long month for me, and my brain is having a hard time. I have brain fog um, from existing as a human. So you're just going to. It sounds to me like you're complaining. You're just a you're just a complainer. It sounds to me like you're just complaining. Complainer. I hardly know her. You know, I was going to wrap up, but I feel like now we have to, like, come up with a better way to end it, right? Right. Complainer. <laughs> I hardly even know her. All right, everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks. Um, we apologize for the uh, tired hosts and also dour news of this week. But we hope to see you again next week. We'll be back a little later than expected because we're going to come out on Halloween. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, we did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
So we'll see y'all on Halloween for a nice spooky one. Enjoy your week. Bye.